Hey guys, I'm Ashley. I'm Amanda. And this right here is Allegedly. guys good evening or morning gals i don't know good afternoon whenever y'all are listening good day mate good day mate i don't like we that. are here with like tara that. who's going to be joining us for the rest of our friend margie velma barfield yeah, how many parts i think this is going to be a three-parter i think there's gonna be one more part after this um because hella notes yeah hella notes your mom goes crazy with the notes I like to note it, note it. Note. I like to note it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True that. So a couple things before we get started. One, do you know what today is, Amanda? Today is the release oh, of yeah. that hard cider from a local place called Awestruck in Sydney, New York. And they made a new hard cider for this season called Hometown Homicider. Listen, if I could have made it out to Sydney today to have some i totally would have but i couldn't guarantee that i wouldn't stay <laughs> you might never come back and not make it back for recording so we are gonna have to try that can we talk about her shirt yeah so tara's Is actually this a nose no i think that's a tooth, tooth. <gasps> tara is wearing an awesome shirt we're gonna actually we'll take a picture of tara um before we're posting stuff and we'll add it to our socials because it is such a cool shirt she got it for school um school has not started here yet um but she got it for school it's like a sort of crop top skeleton like situation that she got from hot topic it's so. very groovy shout out to hot topic for making such an awesome shirt because holy sheep on eggs yeah i have one with mushrooms on it too i don't like anything about that yeah. I, don't, um, I don't mm -mm. I also want to shout out our new friend. We have a new friend. Yes, we do. Shayna L. commented on our Facebook page. Yes, I do recall this. This is mind-boggling I me. was taken back. Yeah, so yeah. this girl came out of nowhere, commented yeah. on our Jessica Ridgway case. Um, if you guys have not listened to that, go back and listen to her. It's devastating. But this girl commented something that i was not expecting she went to school with austin with austin had class with him that's so creepy a psych class nevertheless oh that's so creepy he was missing for three days from class and then the next thing this girl remembers is the police coming in to talk to the teacher oh my god could you imagine no no, I, no. I don't even know how she found our page but if you're listening to this again, can you comment or email us and let us know? Yeah, because we're super, like, thank you and welcome yeah, awesome. to our family. Keep but listening. She also commented on our first part of Velma. Weirdly enough, she just watched a YouTube documentary on yep, this. I saw that too. Like, yep. <laughs> I, I, we, we've got a vibe with her now. Yes. So that's a thing. We're besties now. We just totally to let you know. are. Other than that, not much else has really been happening, I don't think. Well, I mean, we had a nice little adventure on Monday. We had an adventure on Monday. What? We're recording this on Thursday, which is something I don't like to do just because as of right now, I'm recording this at 730 at night and 
it'll take us about an hour to get through this episode. And then I have to like rush to get it edited and then get everything set up for Facebook. But we're doing it special on Thursday because Tara is available today and we really wanted her to be present for all of Velma. Right. So I've just got about like T minus four and a half hours before this drops. Yeah. (laughs) And so I'm like. Before this one drops? Yes. I thought. It drops at 12.01 a.m. I know. I I thought it was the one before it drops. No, uh, this drops tomorrow. You see what you've done to me? Yeah, but um, you're the one who had me in your... It's okay, my dear. We're doing it for we, you. We love you. Ow. We love well, you. We'll do the same thing next week, and yep. then then we'll be on normal scheduling. But, um, yeah, we had... Amanda and I had a, uh, a road trip, if you will. Yep. Just, and that's what we're going to call it because that's really all it ended up being. We actually went to two different bookstores, which by the way, I did go on to Google Maps and leave a review on each of them. Oh, you did? Yeah. And Paperback Exchange actually commented back that they were super happy that we loved it. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. more romance books. (gasps) We We should go to Paperback Exchange. Yeah. And not like... Bring your money. Not, I don't have money, but not like the one book that I have. Mm-hmm. Paperback exchange. Okay, yeah, but you know what book I'm talking about. Yeah, no, we don't want to talk about that book. Um, (laughs) Is it the Vagina Monologues? No. Oh. We have it. I think it's here. I'll have to show it to you. Yeah. Um, But no, we... uh, We had a fun little thing. If nobody follows me on TikTok, yes, I do have TikTok. If you don't follow me on TikTok, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Because that is the spot to be. Yeah, so I did... I did video some car fun if you will with Amanda and um it really just goes to show that there's no difference really between sober Ashley and drinking Ashley yeah there really isn't except she can make educated decisions when she's sober I can make I I just got my finger stuck in a cabinet I know I had to lick your finger. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> consent to that. You said help, so that's that did not mean lick my <laughs> hand while I'm stuck to the cabinet I door. I didn't know what else to do. There was needed- a sink right next to you. Uh, we are in my home where I have lotion. You could have lotioned me up. Oh. I mean, well, my hand, my finger. <laughs> <laughs> not, not all of me, because well, hot <laughs> damn, that would be weird. Um, especially with the children around. Yes, yes. Um, but no, we, we had a thing and I, I'm starting a rapping career. She's going to have a new record deal in no time. Absolutely. Yes. And first up is going to be a duet with Eminem and I. Eminem and I. That sounded... (laughs) (laughs) I love everything about that. Now up, Eminem and Eminem and I. (laughs) No, that's not my name as a rapper. It's Smooth, Smooth 1A. 1A. Although in the video, at you first, put A1. I called it A1. Yeah. I called, I, I went you from did that on steak purpose. sauce to awesomeness in no time. You know? is Seriously. Just, I rocked the rap. You guys need to check her out. I did. That's a great story. Can we talk about murder now? here we go guys let's get into uh some velminess still can't get over that name so strange we're not calling it that 
before we get into where we left off, I wanted to state this. Um, one of our avid listeners, Gina. Hi, Gina. She sent us a picture that really just states what, remember the JCs? Mm-hmm. That, uh, yeah, her husband was in. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to read to you. She found exactly what it is, and I'm going to read to you what they are according to them. Maybe okay. it'll help alleviate some of the questions. JCI North Carolina, which is the North Carolina JCs, is a not-for-profit organization of young active citizens. Our members, ages 18 to 40, develop themselves personally and professionally by bringing energy and insight to solving problems locally and around the world. Membership has been inclusive of all genders in the United States since 1984. JCs are not only members of their local chapter, but of the North Carolina JCs, the United States Junior Chamber, and the Junior Chamber International, a worldwide federation of almost a quarter of a million young leaders and entrepreneurs located in more than 5,000 communities in over 100 nations throughout the world, participating in projects, meetings, learning programs, and events to help create positive change in our world. So there's that. Does that help you at all? No. That I thank you very much, Gina, for looking that up, but that tells me squat yeah i don't i don't really know what i need it dumbed down i really feel like it's just like a group of people that just kind of get together yeah i i yeah exactly i don't know so let's get back into where we left off right before we left off we had um jennings and velma uh jennings died yeah by heart attack caused by an illness caused by the illness right they were they were clearly headed for a divorce yeah. or what you like to call as Debbie Does Dallas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which never gonna, I'm never going to be able to live that one Debbie now. Does Dallas might be the cause of some divorces. It most definitely is. Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't need to get divorced because Jennings died. Poor Jennings. I'm sorry, Jennings. Yeah. So now she's a widow again. Second time being a widow. Velma seemed to not be doing so well, actually. She seemed kind of out of it and was medicating herself into, like, a stupor that didn't allow her to do much but lay in bed, which really just sounds like a vacation to me. (laughs) Tell me you disagree, Amanda. Well, as long as somebody can watch my children and I can have my dog beside me, it sounds like a fantastic vacation. I knew you would need your dog by you. So, actually, Velma's job was affected by her depression, and her sudden mood swings, causing her to snap at customers quite often. I don't think you're allowed to do that. I think Remember she worked at Belk? Yeah, but I think that would make her not have a job. Yeah, well, her boss actually was sympathetic towards her because she just went through... Lost her husband. Lost her husband. Mm -hmm. Um, And everything else before that. You know, she's had a hell of a streak just... Yeah. Bad luck everywhere. So he was sympathetic. He or she was sympathetic towards her. Um, so they just moved her to the back stock group. <laughs> oh, away from the, the peoples. Right. She was not going to have any customer involvement there. Yeah. Isn't that going to make it worse? Maybe. Because isolating does. somebody and not... You're and very like, right. And not being able to talk to anybody can make it ten times worse. Well, I'm sure that there's other workers out there. So she could talk to other workers. Yeah, but I don't but know like how friendly working. she is. Like, you're working. So how much time do you really have to talk? We should ask certain people that. <laughs> I'm just, like, saying, like... Because I know a certain somebody who... 
has plenty of time to not only talk during work, but <laughs> meet a quota of sexual partners. Because I know when I... I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I me win. Too. Me too. Because I know when I'm depressed, it's... I, I mean, yeah, being in my room can help, but, like, it also could make it worse. I have to have a job and talk to people because, especially adults, because if I don't, my mental state goes down the crapper. Yeah. I And I think that's most people, but also nowadays as well. Yeah. So. Um, so she's in the back. She's in the stock room. Yeah. So she seemed to spiral down, though, more when her son, Ronald, told her that he would be enlisting into the U.S. Army. Oh. So at the time, Vietnam War was a reality. Yeah. And Velma was scared that he would just not make it home, which I think is just... Everybody's there. Yeah, of course. So Velma begged him not to go. And in turn, he visited his doctors, asking them to send a letter to the army to explain her fragile mental health and drug dependency so that he could, like, rescind his contract. Yeah, but that didn't happen. Nope. That request was denied. And he was to report to Fort Jackson, South Carolina. So once again... Bad luck followed bad luck when Velma's house caught fire again. Again? Yeah. Isn't this, like, number three? This is number three. This is three. What now? Maybe she should move to a different house. Oh, no. This isn't her house. This was Jennings' house. She stayed in Jennings' house after he died. This is now Jennings' house. Jennings' house has now caught fire. So, Velma fell apart after this. Once again, she and her daughter Kim moved back in with her parents, Murphy and Lily remember how awesome it was to live with them the first time yeah that didn't yeah the timing was actually perfect though because now velma's boss had run out of sympathy for her (laughs) okay the luck just keeps coming because you know putting velma in the back did not go according to whatever the boss thought would happen um velma had been going into work late and just like not doing a very good job at what she was supposed to be doing so of course being unemployed now added to her depression So, however, in March 1972, Velma Barfield was arrested. (gasps) For what? Yeah, for the first time, for forging a prescription. Hmm. She pleaded guilty a a month later and was given a fine and a suspended sentence. Shortly after that, she finally had some good news, though. Ronald was discharged from the army. Oh, honorably? I'm not sure, but I'm going to just go ahead and say yes. Okay. Because I don't want to say no, but I honestly don't know. Unfortunately, though, her good news was now overshadowed with this discovery that her father had lung cancer. Oh, no. And shortly after, on April 15th, 1972, at the age of 60, Murphy died. That's so young. Yeah. Yeah. So that is just one more death, but I'm... I am 99.9% sure she had zero to do with that one. Yeah, I don't think she... So now she had lost three men who were important to her, and she feared that she was going to lose her son as well. But he was no longer in the army. So... Why was she fear if he wasn't in... Because he was getting married. (laughs) Ah! But she felt like he was already gone, like... I don't know. By this time, Velma was now just living with her mother. Velma overdosed more and had more hospitalizations due to her continuing addiction. And in the summer of 1974, Lily, her mother, had come down with, like, a 
horrible illness. And it seemed to happen after Velma had served her Coca-Cola. So Lily would experience like cramps in her stomach, diarrhea, uncontrollable vomiting. Velma ended up shipping her off to a hospital where doctors were unable to find the root of the cause of the sudden illness. But miraculously, Lily improved while in the hospital um, enough to be released and sent home. In August, Velma had begun dating a man. <gasps> yeah. For the life of me, though, I could not find anything on this man. Does he have a name? No. Oh. I mean, I'm sure he does. People the man. We'll just call him the man. The man. Okay. Reference Taylor Swift. The man. But it bugs the crap out of me. I did as much research as I could until I just, this yeah. just random unknown guy. So, however, he was killed in a car accident. Velma was not in the car at the time, but during their unknown period of dating, which I'm going to go ahead and assume was not long. Okay. He had made Velma the beneficiary of his life insurance policy. That's so, that's, that's a little sus, isn't flag. it? That is a very red flag. So yeah. go ahead and write that down. Um, just the man, if you will. Because if nobody remembers from a part one, Amanda's keeping a list here of deaths because we're trying to figure out how many we think Velma had a hand in. And then we'll talk about it later. So when this man died in the car accident, Velma received $5,000 from the life insurance policy. That's not very much. But I mean, in that day, I guess it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. So in today's money, that's that's actually $30,051.83. So. Holy Hannah. That's a little bit more. That's a little bit more. So Velma ended up moving into her mother's home again, because I'm assuming she kind of moved. lived with the man. Who knows? Velma began taking out loans at this time in her mother's name. That's illegal. And putting down her mother's home as collateral. Oh! <laughs> it's so much better, doesn't it? Oh my gosh. So between October and November of 1974, Velma took out $2,000 worth of loans that way. Like, forging yeah. mom's name and whatnot. So the equivalent of that is $12,020.73. What is she using this money for? Drugs? I'm assuming... I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So it was in December of the same year when Lily got overdue notices to this effect. I'm assuming that Velma wasn't paying the bills. I don't think she was. No, she didn't have money. Why would she need to forge names in order to steal money if she had money? So Lily and Velma didn't have a great mommy-daughter relationship, remember? Yep. It is said that they were like at each other's throats. So they were just arguing all the time. Lily noticed Velma wasn't the same girl she could easily boss around and get to do chores. And Lily also did not approve of Velma's constant pill popping and overdosing, which yeah, I mean, who, who would? would approve of that? So by Christmas, it seemed that all the toxicity subsided and the pair got along better. However, that was probably just a facade. Because it was Christmas Day when Lily told one of her sons that she had received a letter that she didn't understand. It was from a finance company informing her that the loan she had out on her car was overdue. And if it wasn't paid shortly, the car would be repossessed. Oh, my. So the problem wasn't that she didn't have money to pay for it. She did. 
However, the issue was Lily had never taken out a loan against the car because she had paid for the whole thing in cash. Oh my gosh. So of course she, why would she understand it? Yeah. So her son assured her that he would look into it. It was probably just a mistake on behalf of the insurance company. Yeah. That's it what I would think sorted. too. Yeah. Right. It would yeah. just get sorted out. Yeah. A few days later though, Lily had another attack of the same illness she experienced before. This time her symptoms were so much worse. The pain had spread from her belly to her upper back. When she vomited this time, she was actually throwing up blood. Oh, no. So Velma contacted her brother, Olive. Her. No, just Olive. (laughs) Just Olive. Who left whatever he was doing, picked up and came over to see for himself what was happening. Yeah, that's his mom. And he was shocked at her appearance immediately and called for an ambulance. Velma traveled in the ambulance with her mother while Olive followed behind. However. She didn't make it. Lily could not be saved. And she died on December 30th, 1974, at the age of 64. Did they ever figure out what the cause of death was? No. Not at that time. I, she poisoned her. Early in 1975, she was caught writing a number of bad checks now. These bad checks were actually on her Jennings name, though. What? He's dead. How is he? He's been dead. Like, he's dead. It's dead. Velma. But he's, like, been dead. Like he's I know. He's long dead. dead. He's, he's, like, he's number two on this list, so he's been dead. <laughs> we're up dead. to number six, so. Yes, dead, we're, dead. We're been dead. Yeah, so this time when, when she was caught, there was no suspended sentence. She was sentenced for six months, but was lucky enough to get out after three months because of good behavior. That's funny. She couldn't even behave well at work. She could behave well at, in prison. Well, why wouldn't she? She's probably not getting the drugs she needs. She needs to behave good to get out and get her high. So gross. So time in prison kept her away from the pills. And so after her release, she decided to to find a meaningful job. She decided to work as a caregiver for the elderly. (laughs) (laughs) No. Please no. Please no. Please no. Please no. (laughs) No. So in 1976, she was working for a Montgomery and Dolly Edwards, who were both ailing in health due to their old age. They agreed to pay Velma $75 a week, which included room and board. That doesn't seem like much, but it probably was back then. Yeah. Right. Montgomery, but remember, everything was not as expensive as it is now. now. Yeah. Living situations were not $800 a month. So Montgomery was 94 years old. Oh my God. He was blind from diabetes and the disease had also made him need both legs amputated. Yeah, it does that. His condition left him bedridden and incontinent. Ugh. Nor could he feed himself. Ugh. Dolly Edwards was 10 years younger at 84, and uh, she was in actually much better health despite having had cancer in the past. Hmm. Um, but she was too feeble to care for her husband, so she really okay. just needed help with that. She had survived the cancer, but also had a colostomy. Okay. So the couple lived in like a large brick ranch home. And it's said that Velma enjoyed living there. She got on well with the couple. She actually even went to church with them. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. At a local church that she actually decided she liked going to. It was called the First Pentecostal Church in Lumberton, North <gasps> Carolina. Lumberton? Yeah. Because that, that's, FML. <laughs> but that's where your family is. That is, that is, that is another, that is another spot in North Carolina where my family is. This is, that's where, mom, this is that's where, where your mom this is. This is where mama is. Hi, mama. Um, so that really just leads into Ashley's story time here. So I have a messed up family. And if Don't I, we all, yeah, if I ever speak about my people in my life, which I will likely because Look at us doing it now. Yeah. The woman who raised me lives in the same area here in New York. Uh, She's a nut. And we we don't don't talk. We don't talk about her. And if you're somehow listening. Well. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Please. You're so witty, Tara. Please don't. Um, Go back with the other circus peanuts, please. Um, My dad and the woman who I actually consider to be my mom, uh, they both live in North Carolina. In fact, one lives in Lumberton and one lives in Fayetteville. And if you don't remember, well, Velma started out in Fayetteville and has now traveled down to Lumberton. What are the odds? I mean, I know it's not that far away. It's like half an hour. Yeah, but but still, what are the odds? You couldn't choose anywhere else. I know, right? So the story, like I said, was all draw of the straws. No, that's not, that's luck of the, draw of the straws, continue. The fact that we're just, like, all over these two areas that really is just going on right now is just really kind of amazing. So, here we are. Draw the straws are at work here. So, the longer Velma stayed with Montgomery and Dolly, the unhappier they became with Velma. So, Dolly often told her son within earshot that she was not happy with the work that Velma was doing. Oh, so it was more along the lines of not doing proper things or just... Yeah, I guess so. I'm assuming that... uh, I'm assuming that Velma just didn't have great work ethic. Sounds like it. You know, in general. Yeah. So Velma defended herself by saying that Dolly was just nitpicking um, and that her accusations of her being a slacker were just entirely untrue, which... So the bickering between the three of them actually increased and became more frequent. Barely a year into living and caring for the couple, Montgomery became very ill and just died in January of 1977. So after his death, Velma continued to live in the house with Dolly. So the relationship had gotten not at all better. And it actually deteriorated more after Montgomery was gone. Okay, so Montgomery died, and Mm -hmm. it's now just Dolly and Velma. Velma. Mm -hmm. So the son of Dolly just comes and, like, visits sometimes? I think he just, yeah, comes and visits, so. So one Saturday, Dolly's stepson, Preston Edwards, visited the house, and Dolly said she thought she had caught the flu. She complained of vomiting and having diarrhea. So Preston had come back the next day to check on her and was horrified to see how like washed out and weak she looked. It's Lily point two. Lily right? two point oh. Yeah. Pretty much. <gasps> Booyah. So like just in the matter of like a day. 
she just looked like she was on death's door. You know? Oh my God. So Velma called an ambulance and then at the hospital, doctors treated her in the emergency room for her illness and then sent her home that same night. On Monday, Dolly took a turn for the worse and was back in the hospital by Tuesday. By the end of Tuesday, March 1st, 1977, 85-year-old Dolly Edwards was dead. So, what number are we up to? Seven. Seven. Seven deaths. This poor Velma. So, this next part kind of threw me for a loop when I read it because I thought all of the sources had got the name wrong. Everywhere I read said that Velma Barfield, which let's be honest, is just a name all up in itself. Yep. Um, I equated Velma and you equated Velma to Scooby-Doo. Yep. Uh, James took Barfield and said it sounds like Barf and Garfield. Yep. One of the names that kept coming up was the word record or record because they're spelled the same. I'm going to go ahead and assume it's record. I thought it was a misprint or like a retracted name. Nope. Turns out the woman's name was actually record. Why? And why is it so eclectic? For the 70s, 1977. Who I don't know that. Because, no, because I know. And if, if she were born here in 2022. That would just be normal. It would be normal. I've heard every name under yeah. the sun. Yeah. And no one bats an eye. Yeah. So in our local school district, there's actually a boy named Baby Love. <laughs> ba- baby Love. I mean. No, baby. you mean that's his nickname. Nope. That's his, that's that's his, his name. government name. Gover, government name. On Isn't purpose. Isn't another one that's yeah. like Prince? Is it oh, all, there's Prince is it all Majesties? One, all one word? Yep. Baby Love. Baby Love. Oh, I thought that was like a middle name or like a last name. No, his first name is Baby and his last name is Love. No. No. His last name is something decent, like... Miller. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's Smith. Some, but it, it's Baby Love. Wait, that's terrible. Wait, that's like his first name? Yes. Baby Love. But there is that woman, she had a kid, God, I don't know, she named her kid something stupid. There's lots of celebrities that name their kids something stupid. No, 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 this, no, this actress, um, she has a, uh, this candle smells like my vagina. Uh, (laughs) Come on, what is her name? Nope, I don't, I. Her daughter's name is Apple. No. There's no vagina smelling candles. Yes, yes, but what's the woman's name? Do you know who I'm talking about? Actress has a child named Apple. Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay, she has a company. No. Yes, she does. No. She has a company that she named Goop, <laughs> which does not sound okay, by the way, because she also is selling a candle that's literal name is this candle smells like my vagina or this smells like my vagina whatever it's a vagina smelling candle on purpose she has this goop (laughs) that smells like her um no why Gwyneth can you please respond to this and please tell us I don't want to yeah I don't want to I have questions I have some, I want to smell between her legs. Um, for, but yes, thank you. Because I cannot guarantee that that vagina smells like that candle. What is the scent of this candle? Oh, I mean, I have that. So it says, this is the actual description. With a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent. 
This candle is made with geranium. Geranium? Is geranium. That geranium. Citrusy bergamot. And cedar. Absolutely juxtaposed with damask rose and ambrette seed. To put us in a mind of fantasy, seduction, and a sophisticated warmth. No, my vagina doesn't smell like any of those things. I think that's just like a lot of words that just... Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. Uh, I guess one guy... People buy this. Why? Why? No, lots of people buy this. Because she's a celebrity. So you... Absolutely. Some guy, I think, actually, there was a lawsuit. I didn't look into it because that has nothing to do with this case. False advertising? No, I think oh. th- I think it like exploded or something. The goop exploded. I want to buy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dumbest. It's shaped like a vagina. What is? It's shaped like the lips of a vagina. I don't think her candle is. That's not her candle, is it? That's on her website, isn't it? No. No. Tara. Tara's now in another world. Um, but no, she. So she's got her goop company. Um, but yeah, I would like to go to, um, I would like to buy this. Wait, I would like to buy it. Um, I'm sure it's a lovely scent. It smells lovely. I'm sure I have some candles out here. I'm sure it, I mean, everything that you listed, those all smell good. But but I would like to know about what part of her vagina smells like that. Is it the goop that's coming out that smells like that? It's got to. How did, so what I'm going to need is I'm going to need us to all go to the courthouse, and I'm going to need um, Miss Gwyneth Paltrow. She's going to have to, like, dig within herself. Ew! Make herself... We're not the ones that named a freaking company called And Goop I'm going to need sniff vagina candles. I'm not I, sniffing it. I, I, I would totally sniff it. I just need to know, because I, I'm telling you right now, that is false advertising. I guarantee. But what do, you, what do you think your... Um, Goop vaginal area smells like. Hmm. Well, I mean, I put like a special deodorant for private parts down there. She's so roll on. Oh yeah, she's got a whole lot of stuff, perfumes and yeah. So I don't know. Uh, no, I don't like anything. But about I think that. I don't think it smells like one thing all the time. No, it, I'm it, telling you, hormone we, fluctuation, what you're eating. I could tell you th- this smells like my <laughs> orgasm. Okay, but what's that smell like? I don't understand how an orgasm has a smell unless it's okay, like your so breath. Okay, so there's just No, there's just the Okay, so then maybe that's the goop that comes out. And her vagina smells like something different. But the goopy stuff smells Can I just say that Gwyneth Paltrow is a genius. If she has a company that she literally named Goop yeah, she did. And she has candles that she literally called This Smells Like My Vagina, and she's making millions off of that. She How? Is. Why? I Why? don't know. That would never work if we did Never. That. We would never have that. We would be laughed at. However, if we could choose, like, I think I would want um, a fall scent. Ooh. No, you Ooh. would totally have an ocean scent for your vajayjay. Absolutely. <gasps> Spider scent. I hate all of you right now. <laughs> This is not. <laughs> that can, is not okay. Can we say? Can we tell them that you're decorating early for Halloween and you're hoo ha? <laughs> you just did. You just did. She was in the shower the other day, y'all. She called me after she got out. Actually, she may have still already been in the shower, but she was washing down her hoo ha area and she pulled a spider out. There was a dead spider. 
But this has gone on even further. Thank now, you to you. You're like, oh, what if it had babies all up in there? What if it just crawled up into my fallopian tube? And now I've got, I got to blowtorch my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> what if I've got like spiders up in my veins? Now I know where they get spider veins from. <laughs> I am not happy. This is a thing. It's probably not real. It, what's not real? What's not real? Tell me what. The, back to the oceans. Yeah, you're right. I would have a salty you ocean. Would. I have a Bath and Body Works spray that smells. Oh yeah, like I the want beach. to smell that before I go home. Yeah, you're gonna have to smell that. But I would want my ha to smell like some sort of pumpkin. Yeah, I could see that. You use pumpkin spice, or maybe a feta cheese. Um, I don't. Oh, that's goopy. <laughs> that's goopy. It that. would melt the feta cheese and be goopy. Yeah, you would have a goopy Greek. What is that? Goopy Greek. What is that stuff coming out? That's the spinach. That's not mold. <laughs> it's not been that long, guys. It's not been that long. <laughs> so wow! Holy crap! Welcome to. <laughs> Welcome to Ashanda. Welcome to Ashanda. Let's get back into Velma and get away from Gwyneth Paltrow's goopy vagina. <laughs> so she has no job again. No job. Because, well, her clients are dead. Um, so she decided to find another elderly couple who needed her services. Oh, you mean like to kill them? At this rate? Right. It's what it's sounding like, right? Yeah. So in April of 1977, she found John Henry Lee, who was 80, and his wife, Record, who was 77. John was a farmer, and he was actually still able to do things. Nice. Record, however, was the one who needed help. She had recently broken her leg and was on crutches. So they ended up paying Velma $50 a week for the care, and I do believe that she lived there again. So the couple lived in a rural area on the outskirts of Lumberton, and they were the most generous, okay? Because they gave Velma Sundays and Wednesday evenings off so that she could attend her church, church services and Bible meetings. Is it the same church that she had attended with Montgomery and Dolly? I believe so, yes. Because she really liked that church. Yeah. So, however, it wasn't long before cracks appeared in this new relationship. Record loved to talk and uh her constant chatter actually got in velma's nerves oh apparently velma did not like to chat oh she just wanted to sit in her i guess depression uh velma was while velma was taking care of them a check was written in record lee's name in the amount of 50 dollars but record knew that she hadn't signed it Huh. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, the $50, but in 2022, that's $244.48. Yeah, that's, yeah. So that's a decent chunk of change. Yeah. John was the one to notify police, but no one was able to trace the person who had signed it. Like, they, they couldn't figure that out. So on April 27th, 1977, John found himself sweating heavily with an upset stomach. And pains, vomiting. Pains in his belly and bad diarrhea. His condition worsened, and again, Velma was calling for the ambulance to take John to the local hospital. Is, is it the same damn ambulance people? Aren't they tired of seeing Velma's face every time they go pick up an elderly person? That's what I was wondering, because the other couple was just in Lumberton, and this was yeah. not too long after. You would think so. Nobody's putting this together. Jeez. So, after a decently long stay, though, he recovered enough to go home on May 2nd. 
So doctors put his illness down to a virus. During the month of May, John was plagued with the virus that just wouldn't leave him. So for a few days, he would be fine, and then he would be deathly sick again with the same symptoms reappearing. He lost weight. And although his daughters were concerned for him, they were grateful for Velma's presence and the devotion that she seemed to show the couple. But John took a turn for the worse. And Velma called another ambulance for him. Except there was little the hospital could do for him. At this point, his progression had gotten so bad. So on June 4th, 1977, just two months after Velma was hired, the 80-year-old man was dead. Now, there's not a lot of information on this next part, and it really seemed sketchy. So I'm going to try to piece together, like, what I found as best as possible. Okay. In October 1977, after the funeral of John Henry Lee, which... Let me stop right here. I find it very weird that she killed the well and able man. Yeah, why wouldn't she target record? I don't know. I found that super odd. Yeah. I don't know. So, in October 1977, after the funeral of John Henry Lee, Velma stopped being a caregiver to record. Just quit. Just stop doing that. So, I found a source that she said, or that said that she had become like a nurse's aide in a nursing home. Oh, gosh. But I don't think she had actually, like, any qualifications for that other than working with these elderly people who seem to die right away. (laughs) Um, So I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I am leaning towards it is true because I read a lot of places that it is. But in the same month, she started seeing another new man. Oh. It was somebody that she had actually been introduced to before. His name was Rowland Stewart Taylor. Of course, he went by Stewart, not his first name. He was also a tobacco farmer from St. Paul's, North Carolina, which he's also the nephew of Dolly Edwards. Do you remember her? I do. Dolly. She was number seven. She was poisoned <laughs> like Lily was. Well, that's what I'm thinking anyways. Yeah. So, little side note here, Tara... St. Paul's, North Carolina is a stone's throw away from Lumberton. And when we visit, Tara and I and Landon generally, but last time we went, we had James with us. Um, We visit St. Paul's every time we go down to Lumberton. And Tara's probably going, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, she doesn't. She will in just a moment. There's actually a wonderful little place in St. Paul's that my kids always want to go to at least once while we're in Lumberton. And it's called the Blind Cat Sanctuary. I knew you were going to say that. That is in St. Paul's. Um, And it's just the sweetest place ever. They take in cats from all over. They have tons of cats in different rooms. They're all blind in one way or another. Some of them don't have eyes at all. Um, Others, they do have eyes, but you can tell they're blind. And you can go into each room. You sanitize your hands. You go into the room. And you can just hang out with these cats. And some of them just love you. They'll crawl up on you. I mean, that's a really sweet idea. It really is. And they each have a story. This blind cat sanctuary, if you Google it, they have a Facebook page. And you can actually watch the cats live on the Facebook feed. And they are just the sweetest cats. Some of them are super lovable. Some of them are sketchy because they can't see you. Well, yeah, of course. Um, 
But James actually fell in love with one of the cats and it just was loving on him. Some of them will just crawl up you and then you're ended up like hunched over because the thing is like walking down your back. I and would then, love that. And then just sitting, it like, they'll grow into like the very lower part of your back and just lay down. And now you're hunched over just like, but the cat is completely content just laying in the... Do they have another building with the dogs in it? No. Hmm. There's got to be a blind dog sanctuary somewhere, but they're so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a super cool thing. I suggest I've you seen check pictures it out. of you posting them from vacation it's because we would spend all day there. Yeah, yeah. you said the kids there's, really like. Like it. I said, there's like like nine rooms, and oh you can donate stuff to them. You know, food and toys and whatnot. You can do it right through their website, and so you can actually um, so called adopt or sponsor. Okay. okay, right. You so don't stay the there. They right. stay there. But, but you send but you sponsor funds. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and each one, like I said, has its own story. You can find pictures and stories on their website and Facebook. You know, there's, I know there was one there that, like, they got from New York City, and there was so much. Some of them, hurricanes, things like that. Um, and it's a super, super cool thing. And nice. I love it. And it's right not far from Lumberton, so. Yeah, you said it was in St. <clears throat> Paul. St. Paul, North Carolina. And that's now where Velma's residing? Um, no, that is where, where he's from. That's where he's from, Stuart. Yep. So Velma moves fast. Yeah, we don't, you don't say. And in doing so, she decided to move some of her belongings right into Stuart's home. Oh. The two quickly found themselves engaged. Um. Yeah, she, she... Oh goes fast. So Stuart, however, ended up finding letters that were sent to Velma while she was in prison, which really enraged him because he did not know she had been in prison. Oh, lovely. I have to say, if somebody didn't tell me that they had served time in prison and I was supposed to be marrying this person, I would be irate. Yeah. Well, after that, it kind of blew over. And they were okay. But in November of 1977, uh, Velma got on with getting on. She stole one of Stuart's checks <laughs> and forged oh, his name. <laughs> my lord. And she didn't do this just once, but at least twice from what I could tell. And uh, could Stuart tell? I don't think he did right away. But Velma was worried about him finding out because she didn't want to lose him. Because she didn't want to lose the money? She didn't want to lose him. Maybe it was the money. But he had already found out. And so he broke off the engagement. That's all he did. He just broke off the engagement. He said he said that um, he could not legally marry her if this was the nonsense she was going to do. So they didn't break up. He just oh. said, we're not going to. We can still date and shit. So we can still have sex. We can still have sex and you can still live here. Which really, I, I don't think it's the engagement that made her steal. I think uh, <laughs> being in close contact with your checks was an issue. Yeah. But, um, so Stuart himself was not very religious. Oh. But he knew Velma was what he thought to be a devout Christian. Because, hmm. you know, that's what she's always wanted to be. Regardless of, you know, certain aspects of her life that really just contradicted her Christian values. Um, one of those contradictions being that she moved in with Stuart and lived out of wedlock with him, which was actually surprising to her own children because... Yeah, because that's something Christians don't do. Right. And she hadn't been known to do this at all. At this point in time, do we still know if she's using? Oh, she's continuously using. 
Um, I think that's why she's stealing checks. Yeah, yeah. I figured. So another big contradiction of her faith is the criminal record for forgery that she's continuing. You know, because Christians, as Christians, we can um, we can mess up in life. Right, but you need to be... And then be repentful and change that. This is not how Velma went no, not about at all. this. Not at all. She just did what she wanted. She got on with getting on. Yeah. So in December, Velma and Stewart attended a Rex Humbard Gospel Revival meeting. Rex? Yeah, that's his name, Rex. I wanted to name Ryan Rex, but Matt said that was a dog's name. Why would you do that? Because it was... It was Latin for king. Amanda is Latin. That's my name. And I wanted my son to be a Latin. Continue. And you settled on Ryan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's Irish. Um, I, king. But he is not the king of anything. <laughs> I mean, he can be the king of my heart. Wow. Mm-hmm. So according to Wikipedia, Rex Humbard. That's a heck of a name. <laughs> he was a famous American television evangelist with a show called Cathedral of Tomorrow. Which really just sounds like a Hunger Games thing. It really does. But so Velma, did she fall and Stewart? Oh, uh, the they went to this. Even though he's not really a Christian, yeah, he 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 loves her. So he went. Um, They settled into their chairs at the Cumberland County Civic Center in Fayetteville, ready for the service to begin. And just as it started, just as Rex was coming out, Stuart began to feel nauseous. As Rex continued to preach, the feeling worsened in his stomach. So needing cool air, he rushed out into the evening air, hoping to lay down in his truck until it passed. He was still sick when the meeting was over, though. He was in his vehicle, just he was done. So Velma came out and he was so sick that he couldn't drive. So Velma had to be the one to drive home. But they did have a stop once because Stuart was vomiting on the side of the road. Oh. Stuart continued into the night with, like, abdominal cramps, and he had trouble sleeping because of it. Velma called Stuart's daughter, Alice, to tell her about her father's sickness. Um, and Alice's husband, Bill, was actually the one who received the call, so he just filled in Alice. Alice later then called and spoke with Velma about the condition of her father, and the two women agreed that it must be the flu. So later, Velma spoke with one of Stuart's best friends, Sonny, telling him that Stuart was sick and wanted to see him. So when Sonny arrived, he was actually taken aback by what he saw of his friend. Let me guess. He was so pale and just looked weak and just awful. Yeah. Oh, I wonder where we've heard but that before. Stuart asked, like, in a super weak voice, if Sonny could care for his pigs while he was sick. <gasps> he has pigs? He has pigs. Oh my god, I love pigs. Aww. Me too. I want to house pig. I mean, no. So, Sunny said, yes, I will take care of your pigs while you're sick. Stuart soon found himself in even more pain. Oh my god. Um, and he started to feel it over every inch of his body. Kind of like you would feel when you are super sick with the flu. Or COVID. <laughs> it was the next day when Velma drove her sick lover to the hospital. Aren't they? She, she did not call, name one name, first yeah. name basis with these hospital folks. Yeah, like why? Well, like, I spoke going to on. mom about Lumberton. She is. She goes, why are people going to Lumberton Hospital? Why would they take him there? <laughs> oh, okay. So it's one of those. Got you. She's like, it's a, and I'm like, I don't know. It's the 1970s, mom. Maybe it was better than. She's like, I don't 
know about that. So there was not much that Velma knew of Stuart in his medical history to help the doctors, of course. Even if she did, would she say that she knew? I don't know. But she did know he was an alcoholic. Oh, Stuart, eh? Yeah, just like her first husband. He's on the sauce. He's on the, he is swassing it up. He's swassing it up. Swassing it up. So after some prescribed medication was given, Velma was told that she could take him home. Sonny visited his friend who looked like he was doing a lot better as Stuart was sitting in the bed, but Sonny kind of stayed in the doorway just. Just in case, because at this point they think it's an illness, a flu, or a virus. So right. You don't Not get only it. was Stuart just sitting in the bed, he was actually sitting there chatting away and smoking. Oh, because that's so just so he healthy. was doing well. The following day, however, Friday, February 3rd, 1978, Velma called John McPherson, which was a neighbor, uh, to say that Stuart needed an ambulance. Why didn't she just call the damn ambulance herself? I'm really not sure. That's what I was wondering as well. So after the neighbor called for the ambulance, he drove over to the house himself, which I'm assuming it was far out. They live in the countryside, so yeah. if I'm thinking correctly, it's just probably easier to hop in your car. Okay, but I'm still confused on the whole... Why did he, why, why are we calling neighbors to call ambulance? No, I don't know. Like, why can't you just get on the phone and, because it, instead of dialing the whole. I mean, I have a feeling I know why. Because she didn't want to be the one calling because Mm. she's afraid someone's going to start recognizing the pattern. No, that's not what I was thinking. What were you thinking? I was thinking if your poison theory is correct, calling a neighbor gives more time for the poison to set in. Oh. So now she's adding just a little time by calling the neighbor yeah, and neighbor gotta, has to call. If she, It's that, gotta get in her system. They gotta get in oh, her system. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it just adds a little bit of time. Um, so the neighbor, John, found Stuart in his bedroom. The entire room smelled of an odor because Stuart had a bout of diarrhea and was not able to get up off the bed. No. And he was thrashing around in pain and moaning horribly. Velma had put chairs around the bed with the backs against the mattress in order to prevent her boyfriend from falling out. Oh my god. I don't exactly know how that works. I don't understand. I don't think you don't. Wouldn't he just be able to move the chairs? Because it's a chair. Well, I don't know. I, you would think his body would be able to move the chair. And if he's thrashing, I have... <laughs> Why wouldn't you just line the floor with pillows? Are you picking that, like, image up in your head? Yes, well, I am. She it's... wants him to die. It looks like a kid. She wants to, him to and die. And he's a she grown... She wants me to think that she wants him to live. And he's a grown adult. Like, a baby could move a chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... Landon was throwing chairs at six months old he went underneath my thing and broke all of my oak chairs because well then, well he's it's landing, landing. so we can't we can't yeah. compare. but then he also like stabbed his face open with the chair landon landon is, landon. is a mess um so after being rushed to the hospital finally with the ambulance doctors tried to help but only an hour after arriving Stuart taylor was dead at the age of 56 so, what is our count at? Stuart is number nine. Number nine. Lucky number nine. We're done for today. Oh, Lord, and the saga continues. There's still going to be more to this story, um, but we have nine deaths. Oh, my God. And nobody is catching on. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah, like, nobody. 
Yeah. And we're unsure. So let's quickly go through. Number one. Thomas. Right. And how did he die? Smoke inhalation. Right. But that one's questionable to me. It is questionable. Because I honestly think that she may have killed him. I do too. Number two. Jennings Barfield. Heart attack caused by an illness. Right. He had those weird symptoms. Three is Murphy, her dad, but I don't think that was her fault. No, that was not her fault. Four is the man, and he was in a car accident. Right, but she wasn't in the car. She but weirdly car. enough, with a, such a short relationship, and she's already the, the beneficiary. beneficiary. So that one right. is very questionable I'm to me. I'm thinking he was also poisoned, and it just so happened to affect him when he was behind the wheel. Maybe. Five was Lily, which was her mother, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking she was She poison. had that crazy illness, yeah. Six was Montgomery Edwards, and he had the illness. Yeah. Um, seven was Dolly. She I also she had the poison. illness. Yep. Yep. Eight was John Lee. Yeah, poison. he also had that illness. Nine was Stuart Taylor. And he also had that illness. Yeah, so she's racking them up. And she really is. Yeah. Very quickly, too. Like, not a lot of time between each I know. Each and, and she's just, like, meeting these people and doing it. And nobody is batting an eye to no. anything. She, uh, maybe she just has bad luck, though. I can't say that's a thing. And it's the late 70s, early 80s time frame. Why are we not doing uh, talk screens and autopsies? Uh, and why are these people dying? Why do we not know? I, well, I think even now in today's age, you, maybe I'm wrong about now, but you have to have permission from family members. Yeah. It's up to the family. Yeah. It still is like that. If I'm murdered or I become dead, even if you know what the cause of death is, get an autopsy done. Now, what I'm saying is most of the time, um, especially in poisoning, if they think it's an illness and they're going, it's flu do you want an autopsy? And people are going, well, well, why would I want an autopsy? It was the flu. It's fine. So they're not getting autopsies. I watch enough Grey's Anatomy. I'm on like season 18 of becoming a surgeon. And (laughs) so I know that like you have to ask about having an autopsy and family sometimes religious reasons. They won't do it. I don't think that's the reasoning here. I just think people weren't doing it. They, They just thought people were getting sick with the flu. Oh, my God. So, they weren't having autopsies, so they weren't getting that stuff. Crazy. All right, guys. This is where we're going to end it. Tara will be back next time for our last installment of Margie Velma Barfield. Barfield. And uh, we hope you guys have a great week. Yep. We'll uh, talk with you next week. Bye. 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 That's a great story. See you next episode.